Welcome to the Overcomer Podcast. Join Brian and Josh as they talk to people about their hurts, habits, and hangups. And now, for the Overcomer. Welcome to the Overcomer Podcast. I'm Josh, and we're a grateful believer in Jesus, and he has delivered me from alcoholism, sex addiction, and drug addiction. I'm one of the co-hosts on this podcast, The Overcomer. I'm Brian. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and uh, you know, he's delivered me from uh, meth and pills and binge drinking and uh, cigarettes, anger. Yeah, we can keep going on and on, but I'm a host on the Overcomer podcast, and welcome everybody. We're going to have a special edition this this Thursday, or Friday. We're going to have a, a Thanksgiving edition. We're recording Thursday, but uh, we're going to have a special edition of no guests. We're just going to kind of go through what we went through this week, and uh, we kind of got behind. I was out of town all weekend, and and uh, so we're just kind of freewheeling this, this one, and and we'll see where it goes, but we kind of have some updates for um, kind of what we've been talking about on the show. There might be some merch coming later. Yep. Um, we're, we're kind of been scooting around the idea of, of having some shirts made and or um, uh, the ability to have them made and, and kind of help support us. And, and, you know, some of the funny things we've said and done, we're going to try and get them put on a shirt and and maybe some mugs or, or what do they call them, things, tumblers. Yep. Yeah, if there was a favorite story that you had on the show, um, like the Indian in the red bandana or the high best man or, <laughs> <laughs> or so, my grandmother and her um, her gambling addiction or even Tommy and his falling asleep and winning the jackpot. Tommy out there, I, I've told you this story too about the story he told me um, going into the casino with a with a shotgun strapped to his back so he could just sit there and play games. And I'm like, man, this dude's crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're we're hoping that we can get some of that merch coming. Uh, it's in the works, kind of. It's been talked about, and and a great thing about our show is that me and Josh, we we, we have an idea, we run it by each other, we kind of fine tune it, and, and then we put it into we put it into play, so, you know, there's going to be some tuning for that, and and I hope it comes out good, and, and, you know, I'm pretty excited for that, too, live show, and we've kicked around the idea of, um, you know, uh, for our listeners that go to Celebrate Recovery, um, we got an idea of doing some sort of trivia, um, the Overcomer podcast is donating a, a gift card every Friday for celebrate recovery to kind of help them guys um or us you know they're trying to get some more excitement into celebrate recovery and and you know we're willing to help out everywhere we can we're hoping that that kind of gets us puts our name out there a little bit too and uh so we're gonna we're gonna try and do some trivia stuff on on celebrate recovery friday night and you know maybe some stuff about our show maybe some stuff about recovery step work stuff like that that uh you know, we're going to try and make it fun and, and, and exciting. You know, I tried to have a comedy hour last week. <laughs> People were laughing, but I think they were so full from the uh, Thanksgiving meal we had that they were just like kind of, it was like a bowl full of jelly <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, I didn't get, I, I missed Friday night because I had to go out of, t- take the crew guys out of town. So 
Uh, I spent Friday night with the family because I was going to be gone all weekend. So yeah. I did miss that. And then, of course, I'm going to miss this Friday too. But, you know, we'll get back on the wagon and, and get back on track next Friday. Yeah, until you have to miss next Friday. No. <laughs> hopefully everything's calmed down by then. You know, uh, hopefully anyways. Work's been crazy for you, huh? It is. It just... Sometimes it gets like this where we'll we'll be calm and everything's great, and then pretty soon the boss man says it's time to do something different, and just goes wide open with it. And and sometimes, uh, you know, he picks me to kind of lead some guys through it, and and that's all right though. That's kind of what I signed up for. Yeah. So yeah, it has been crazy. Works been crazy for me too. I'm uh, I'm working on a shrooms website. <laughs> <laughs> which is something we should be working on <laughs> yeah yeah um it's it's odd and it's weird and i'm doing a bunch of animations for it and stuff and um it's fun it's work i love to do but it's also you know the kind of work where you're like uh i gotta stare at magic mushrooms all day long <laughs> Now, now for everybody out there, this this isn't a U.S. website, so you know it's not some black market deal that Josh is working on. Nope, it's in Canada. So, and and you've never had you've never dealt with any psychedelic type stuff. Oh, I have. Have you? Yeah. Is this some sort of trigger in in building this website for you? No, I've been. Uh, I had such a bad trip, like the third or fourth time I did it, that I never wanted to do it again. <laughs> You're going to have to tell that story sometime. We're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I never wanted to touch it. I, uh, I ended up later in life trying mushrooms. Um, and a friend of mine had such a terrible trip that I, while we were doing them, that I said, nope, never going to do them again. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I've never got a chance I, I never really wanted to um, I had some chances too and I just never really uh, it was too scary for me you know kind of you don't really know what's going to happen yeah yeah you don't it's it's such a gamble you know the first few times I tried it things were fun you know lights and were brighter and but there, the last time I did it uh, you know, I'll just tell the story. Um, I, I ran outside, and where I grew up, they had, like, six-foot ditches. And I must have tripped over a rock. And Well, I did trip over a rock. But all I remember is falling the entire night until I came to the next morning. <laughs> like, I was literally falling... Like, I, my arms were waving, my legs were waving, I was falling, and they said when they found me, I was screaming and kicking and waving my arms <laughs> in the bottom of the ditch. <clears throat> you look like you belong with them Florida boys and all that flocka and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so, um, it was, it was terrible, and I never touched it again. Probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I can't say I never wanted to try it. You know, it's just not my type of deal. You know, I was kind of an upper boy. 
But, uh, you know, we talked about something on Tuesday night in class that's really been laying hard on me all week for the rest of this week, and and as being critical of people. And uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit tonight because, yeah. uh, you know, usually when God points stuff out to me, it's because it's something I'm doing, right? And, and we kind of went over that in class with our with our step work, and, and I realize how critical of people I am all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, especially at work, you know, it's, it's super easy just to fall into that. You know, a lot of the guys at work are, are like that, and it's constant. You get it in your head, and, and this is what goes back to, um, you know, trash in, trash out type deal where, you know, if you're around a bunch of people that cuss, you're eventually going to start cussing. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. And so I'm, 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 Bringing that up because I, I really need to work on it and, and, you know, kind of put it out there that people, maybe other people out there need to hear it too, that, you know, we're not perfect. And uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of, of stuff like that for God to point it out to me. That, hey, you're, you, you can't be doing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I... Um... What weighed heavy on my heart this week from that, you know, being critical of others is kind of what I said in um, in group, and that's we put people on pedestals. We do. And then we criticize them. But it's our fault they're up there. <laughs> we put them there and then, and then criticize the job they're doing. Yeah. And that happens so many times in the church. It does. Happened so much in the church. You put somebody up on a pedestal, and then they mess up or they do something that you don't think they should do, and and then it's like, oh, how could they do that? And did you see what so and so just did? And then you then gossip starts, and yeah. then you know, and it it becomes this ugly three headed monster of uh, criticism, pedestals, and gossip, and it just it wrecks churches it wrecks people's lives it you know it just we can be so so critical of people that they'll never come back to church again yep the, the, the you put it, you get to a point where where they uh they say well i don't want to be no part of that look look how fast you tore that person down over something they did like you know, you ain't gonna see me in that position yeah and uh, <clears throat> that's what I'm kind of running into, and, you know, as I look back and look back over my week, like, you know, well, I would have done it this way, or or this should you should have done it that way. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I can't be critical of how you did it unless I'm gonna go out there and do it myself. Yep. Right. So that's one thing I'm gonna start working on a little bit more and start paying more attention to that. God's brought it to my attention that it's got to be it's got to be dealt with. Yeah. And and it's not just pastors that we put up on pedestals. It's church lay people too. It's, it, you know, I could see you as a Christian and automatically put you up on a pedestal just because you're a Christian. And then you say one cuss word, it's like, <gasps> yep. And it's like, you know, I think there's a podcast called Christians Who Cuss or a blog <laughs> or something. Um, We're not going to be a part of that. No, but you know. Not everybody's perfect, and people struggle with stuff still. You know, I still struggle with anger, and I still struggle with um, multitudes of things. You know, depression being one of them. 
Um, cool thing happened Sunday. Somebody came up to me and they prayed over me and they told me that, you know, depression was going to be gone in my life this week. You know, I was going to see it and I wasn't really down this week much. And, um, you know, I think it was God speaking through them and, which was awesome, man, because this week was, while it was a short week, <laughs> not for you, <laughs> not, not for me, <laughs> I worked a half a day yesterday, which was amazing, um, but, you know, we just, I haven't really been in a low, my anxiety's been on, like, cloud nine, but my depression hasn't been there, which is awesome because I'm going to, I'm going to believe that God healed me of it. Which, and as, as recovering or recovered addicts, this time, this time of year is tough. This yeah. is, um, you know, you're set, you guys are separated from your families, yep. you know, your families are quite a ways away and, um, you know, generally Thanksgiving family get-togethers, there's drinking, there's partying, you know, everybody's having a good time, everybody's getting loud, and, you know, for a recovering addicts, that's a tough, tough scenario to be in. You really got to be strong in God to be able to handle, you know, or, or deal with some of this stuff, but, yeah, you know, I was thinking earlier today that, you know, one thing that, one thing that, I, you know, after I've recovered and, and we've lived up here for a while, and is a separation from family, and, and my family, you know, they've, I know they support me in what I'm doing, but, um, you know, this is the fourth year in a row, I haven't got a call and invite back to go to Thanksgiving dinner with anybody, you know, it's kind of just, it's laid on me pretty hard, this, today especially, you know, that, that, um, you know, they know I had to leave to um, get away from the drugs and stuff, but, you know, just a phone call to say, hey, are you coming back home this weekend, you know, for Thanksgiving or anything? I don't get that phone call, and, and, I, and I wait for it every year, and it, and it sucks, but, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, you know, the family thing is hard. We would have, we were talking about going back for Thanksgiving, but then that funeral happened, so now we're going to go back for Christmas. Give us some time to recuperate some money. Um, but family's tough, man. It is. It's it, you know I, I'm kind of moving on to um, some of the some of the other things that that I was thinking about talking about is is being grateful and <clears throat> you know Thanksgiving and then um, I'm super grateful for my in-laws they they just they back me no matter what and and when I'm having a tough day or something and I could go over there and they, no matter what happens they make me feel welcome you know and and uh, I'm just I'm I'm thankful that that they're there because because you know and, and our forever family you know like Mike and Debbie and everybody you're not you're not going to be lonely on a holiday around here not no. in our group not no. not in our group of people no you know we um, we got invited to our wives' boss's house, which was awesome of them to invite us to Thanksgiving. 
Um, you know, and we accepted because, you know, she's become like family to my wife and my kids, you know, love her kids. And so I was like, you know, and I got to meet her yesterday, you know, which was fun. That was the you know, first time I got to meet her. She's a great person. She, she is. is. She's really, really rocking. You know, she's a... She's another one of them people that's got a really good soul, and, and you know people like that are going to heaven. You know, it's a. I tried to tell you before, like she, she's a, she's a rocking person. Like she's really down to earth. Yeah. Funny, you know. She's she doesn't get real grouchy all the time, and with all them kids, man, I don't know if I could do that without getting grouchy. <laughs> I don't know how our wives do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was over there for a good chunk of time yesterday because. I got stood up on my lunch date. Uh, Mike, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to put you on blast right now. <laughs> I knew about that lunch date, and I knew it didn't happen. I called him. He's like, uh, sorry, I can't make it. <laughs> um, he's like, there's a truck broke down up in Montana. And I'm like, uh, it's all right. So I went and I grabbed Jimmy John's for all the girls. Nice. And... Uh, um. You know, talking about being grateful for stuff, the one thing I'm grateful for, um, actually, I'm grateful for a lot, but two of the things are my relationship with Jesus Christ and my recovery. Because without those two things in my life, I wouldn't have a family right now. No. That's a... You know, I, I made a TikTok. Oh, yeah, so all of our listeners out there, we posted our first TikTok to our Facebook page. So if you guys want to go and check it out, you know, uh, we're, we're starting to get into this whole technologies thing with TikTok. And, and uh, we're hoping some more funny stuff will come out and and kind of what we're doing in our studio and all this stuff. So everybody go check it out. If You, you guys have probably already seen it, but that's our TikTok. You guys give us a thumbs up and a like and and... That'll be that'll be a good thing. Yeah, it's exciting to to make you know TikToks and do all this stuff, fun stuff, and just show glimpses of you know. I'm hoping to make TikToks of editing the podcast, and you know, even a TikTok of us actually doing the podcast one day. Yeah. Um. You know. We don't want to give away too many secrets, though. No, <laughs> but give away snippets. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I'm grateful for so many things this Thanksgiving season and, um, grateful for my wife, my family, my kids, you know, I'm grateful for that. I have a mom, you know, I'm grateful that I have a mother-in-law because without the two of them, I don't know where I'd be. You know, I'm grateful for your mom too, because because, you know, about every every week I hear something that comes from your mom. You know, some sort of uh, great job. You know, you guys are doing great, and she likes it. So some sort of, you know, communication from your mom, I'm, I'm hearing from it. So that's, I'm grateful for her, too, because she yeah. kind of keeps us uplifted and, and keeps us going. Like, Yeah, she wants us to do an entire segment on my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to. I've heard some of these stories where it's going to happen. <laughs> You know, kind of one of those things where well, if you don't think you have a problem, but everybody else thinks you have a problem. <laughs> That's exactly what this, this this situation is. You know, uh, 
another thing that I'm kind of looking forward to is Christmas. And um, for people that know me or been around me, that's not that's kind of a different thing. I think that's God changing my mind. You know, um, I'm excited to do Christmas stuff this year. You know, I'm I'm gonna take Braley and we're gonna go get some lights and we're gonna decorate the house and yes, you know, we're gonna put up the tree and and I'm super excited. Not for the presents, not for any of that. Just just the spirit of Christmas is is inside me this year and. and that's that's another thing with depression and stuff like that coming out of just the whole scariness of of being sober and clean and how do I do it and and yeah. you know the stuff that we've never done before <clears throat> being able to get excited for that stuff. One of the hardest parts about being clean and sober is how do you deal with life and even like not depressed anymore because so many times. Um, I'm bipolar, and we have scary highs, and we have scary lows, and we've got the in-betweens, but when you're running an in-between high, on bi- being bipolar, when you're, running a, when you're running a normal high, and you're not depressed, you're not running a normal low, you're, you're not running a scary low, you're, you're, just, you're just running that normal high, it's hard to deal with things that normally would cause you to spiral into a depression and you deal with them by laying in bed. So, like, this week I made I made some intentional decisions to not be home. Because if I'm home and I something like that happens at work, where I spiral into a depression, where I would normally spiral into a depression, and that's how I dealt with things, and go lay in bed. If I'm not home, I can't do that. So I started working from a coffee shop all week, which was awesome. Which is a big kudos for being able to recognize your trigger, being able to know that if something's going to happen, i got to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. Right. And by, by doing that, you remove yourself from where you would normally put yourself in a depressive state. Yep. Kudos. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks. Um, you know, so working from a coffee shop all week was fun. <laughs> they have terrible internet. <laughs> <laughs> and in your job, that's not a, that's not a good thing. No. No, you tell them the price of them coffees. You need better internet. <laughs> Dude, I spent eleven dollars every See? day I was there. <laughs> I'm like, y'all need, y'all need like gigabit internet up at this place. If I'm paying eleven dollars, at least you can give me some good internet. <laughs> but um, the atmosphere was fun. There was other people around. You know, I uh, I took a couple phone calls, which I was a little nervous about. Um, being in a coffee shop, but, uh, there were some places I couldn't connect, some things I couldn't connect to, so, like, I'd, I'd hop on a VPN and, and connect to it, and, but, overall, it was a great experience. Something you're probably looking forward to doing again? Yeah, uh, I'm hoping to work there, I'm hoping to work a couple other places, um, just kind of get out of the house and away from what 
away for taking the my taking my safe space out of the equation. Skirting. And Gillette, like, man, this place is crazy. It's, it's like a black hole here. <laughs> like, you can get depressed fast in this town. Yeah. You know, during the wintertime, there's not much to do. You know, pretty excited for hockey coming up. Uh, it's going to be two weekends because I think I last looked, they're 16-0. and 0. Yeah. They're ranked number one in the, in the uh, nation for 3HL hockey. So, they're rocking and rolling there. But, uh. You know, it doesn't get light till about seven seven thirty now. Yep. It starts getting dark at four. Yep. You know, it's uh, <laughs> you've got sixty two hours and a half, well, sixty two hours and like thirty one minutes of darkness each day. <laughs> so, um, it's easy. It's like a black you have, hole. You have sixty two hours of darkness a day. Yeah, sixty two hours and thirty one minutes of darkness every day. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, every we day. have to go back to high school. <laughs> no. That's a. That, I know it's. <laughs> You know, I was exaggerating a little bit. I know. I but, know. Uh, I'm just Yeah, it's, um, so it's easy to slip into that, that just, you want to sit at home because, you, you know, it's dark outside, there ain't nothing to look at, nothing to do, nothing to see, you know, it's the same restaurants over and over, there's really not a lot going on, so being able to remove yourself from that and, and trek forward and, and find a different way to deal with it is, is great. I think it could help everybody out. Yeah, I think removing yourself from... What, I mean, when you struggle with depression, you have a safe space. You do. I don't care if you want to if you want to admit it or not. When you struggle with depression, or even bipolar, or addiction, you have a safe space. So if you take that safe space out of the equation, it's kind of hard to get depressed. Because now it's like... I just can't go lay in my bed, or I can't go sit in the corner, or cry in the closet, or you know, and and you don't want to do that in public. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're in a public place, then I don't know. It helped me this week. That's good. To be continued. <laughs> we hope it helps you next week too. <laughs> You know, it's funny you bring that up about your safe spaces. And and I got to thinking again today and yesterday that how many times I left my home, my home area, you know, from the time I was 13 or 14 all the way, man, I was 19 years old when I quit. But every time I left my home area for three or four months, I'd try to live somewhere else and I'd go running back home because that's my safe space. That's, the, that's kind of that same deal where, yeah. you know, I could get out for three or four, six months, seven months, but then... You know, something goes wrong, and I go running back. You know, I just drop everything and leave. Um, so I was thinking today about addiction, and, and as a recovered addict, that I had to leave my my home. You know, I had to leave where I was raised, like all my friends, family, everything, left, left it all mm-hmm. to be able to get sober. Now when I go back home, it's awkward, everything. The whole thing, like, and 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 it's not. I don't know how to explain the awkwardness because you know it's it's just there's so many bad memories there, but there's so many good memories. But most of my memories are in addiction. Yeah, it's hard to drive when you drive down the road and say, you know, I got high there, used to buy dope there, you know, stupid stuff like that, and 
pretty soon you find yourself in some awkward state where you just don't want to be there. Like so, it's 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 kind of a a tough deal. That's the reason why I haven't gone back home. You know, it's, it's been a few months now, but uh, we generally don't like going back home because of that feeling of of just you know when I left and left it all and, and came up here, got a good job, I'm successful. You know, it's things are happening for me. God's doing things in my life that would have never, never even guessed as as a high school dropout would happen. And so when I go back home, I feel like I'm being judged. You know that that I made it out, and and some other people's, you know, like my brothers, they're they're still struggling, and and I feel like I'm being judged. So it just makes it that much more awkward. Yeah, um, we moved right after I got sober. Um. And, um, but going back is fine. You know, for us, going back is fine. You know, nobody, by now, everybody knows I don't drink anymore. Yeah. By now, everybody knows, you know, I, I don't live that lifestyle anymore. So, like, it was really difficult, though. The bar I used to go to all the time. Um, when he and I got into an accident right outside of it. <laughs> like, literally, the guy ran the stop sign right at the bar. And we T-boned him. And um, he took off. So, everybody knew that he... Something was going on. <laughs> but... That was difficult because it was like, all right, now I'm now I'm standing in the parking lot of the bar that I used to drink at all the time, and I could just easily go in and get a drink, but I didn't. <laughs> so um, I guess I guess I got. I want to hear from some listeners this week, and and you know if if some of you guys out there have been removed from your area or your home, you know, and, and you're, you're creating a life somewhere else. And, and let me know how, if it's awkward for you guys to go home or, you know, go back to your area of the old stomping grounds or whatever, you know, kind of let me know if that's just, just something that's going on in my life or if it's, you know, somebody else has something similar to that, you know, let us know. Yeah. Um, and you can let us know by shooting us a message or commenting on the video, uh, commenting on the podcast that we post. Um, but if it, if if you feel awkward when you go home, let us know. Yeah, don't just let me know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel awkward. Kind of give me a a rundown on on your story so I know you know it's not just you know because this got to a point now where where I'm just flat. Not, I'm just gonna stop going home. You know, I love my family to death. Sometimes it's toxic, you know, and you gotta you gotta make that call. But you know, I uh, I just I I don't know. It's tough to deal with sometimes. Yeah. yeah so onto onto a better note. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, on top of that, you know, you know, I've always I, here's something that that God's pointed out to me. And and like I said, you know, from the age of 13 to 
19. I moved back and forth from Nebraska to Maine. I, I lost count. That's how many times. About every three or four months, I'd cycle back between the two of them. And that's because I'd start either missing somebody, you know, uh, when my parents split up, it was not good. Like, it was a very bad breakup. The whole the whole thing went bad. And, and so um, she moved to Maine, and that's 2,200 miles. And uh, so you couldn't, you couldn't really have a relationship with both your parents. Yeah. You either had to have a relationship with one or the other, and that wasn't going to be working for me. That, that wasn't okay, you know. I, I'd spend three or four months with my mom, and then I'd have to go back and live with my dad for a while. <clears throat> but as I started doing this more and more, <clears throat> I realized, you know, I was about um, 18, 17 or 18, you know, about right after I got in trouble for drinking, I I went to live with my mom. And I realized that, that I had a personality change. <clears throat> and I used to be a kind of a really shy, quiet, introvert, just, you know, whatever. I, I, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't care. You know, I was going through a lot of, a lot of my life that I wasn't able to um, really express having friends. But something switched, like just a light switch in my head. The, the last time I moved to Maine, and and uh, so I, I don't like who I am. I don't want to be the shy, you know, person. I don't have any friends up here. You know, I'm just kind of isolated. So I tricked my brain into becoming somebody who I thought I wanted to be. Like just this really loud, you know, just wide open balls to the wall all the time. <laughs> And, it, and unfortunately, it kind of stuck that way, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I realized, like, I, I didn't want to be that person anymore. But every time, you know, I, I, so I, I became this new person. Like, I changed my personality, the whole thing, like 180, totally different person. And, and I think I did that to protect myself because I was just tired of, of all the hurt in my family and all the pain and stuff. So I... I, I turned myself into this poor person, but I kept running from everything. You know, I, I just like I said, every three or four months, it became a game of running. I'd get myself in some trouble or, you know, people wouldn't like me or, you know, me and my mom's boyfriend wouldn't get along or something. I'd, I'd run. And that, and that was how I dealt with things. And I did that all the way up until, you know, this last year. Just if something, something seemed like it was getting ready to go wrong... I'd, I'd run. I'd move. Different town, different place, whatever. Last year, I tried that same thing, you know. Uh, things started slowing down. Or was it this year? I think it was this year. You know, in the oil field, everything slowed down, and and there was some sort of imbalance I felt, so I was going to run. I picked. I had a job lined up and everything, and uh, God shut that door, and he shut it hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, what, what I'm getting at is that, that God's pretty much sat me down and said, you're not running anymore. You're not going to just up and leave anymore. That's not going to happen. Like, you've got roots in this community, and you've, you've kind of built a, a place for you and your family. You're not going to run no more. So I had to, you know, sit down and deal with it. And, and that's something that God's changing in my, in my mind is that, this is not going to happen no more. You don't have a reason to run. You know, you know I've, I've always ran from my problems. If I run for long enough, 
three or four months, five, six months, whatever, they'll go away. They'll forget that whatever happened, and then I can go back. But that's, you know, God's changing that. He's kind of working that so that I don't have to run anymore. It's funny that you mentioned personality change. Um, when we moved to Florida, uh, Whitney was talking about how I'm so outgoing and how, you know, everything is, everything in my life is just so fast-paced and so, like like you said, balls to the wall. <laughs> she didn't say that, though. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. <laughs> But she was talking to this person, and they're like, really? You're talking about Josh? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, why? She's like, well, you kind of seem like the more outgoing one in your family. She's just loud. <laughs> and Whitney's like, no. <laughs> and the reason was I was on a medicine regimen that had me so zombie-like that, like, even when I started it, um, there's a guy named Craig who my girls call Pop. Um, I was helping him move, and I hopped into his U-Haul, and he's like, you seem off. It's like, yeah, I just started new meds, and he's like, he's like, they don't seem good. And... I was like, well, you know, the suicidal thoughts are gone, and, you know, I'm happy about that. And um, he's like, well, that's good. He's like, but you seem mellow. You seem off. You seem, you're not yourself. And I was, I just didn't know what to say to it. And then when he was talking to this lady in Florida, because I was in Baltimore, when Whitney was talking to this lady in Florida, and she basically said the same thing, that I was introverted, which I'm not. I'm an extrovert to the highest level. Um, you know, I tried talking to my doc. I'm like, you know, can we get something different going? They're like, well, you know, you struggle <laughs> with suicidal thoughts, so I think we need to keep you here and... Like, but I feel like a zombie, and everybody around me notices it. And she just wouldn't do anything. And then I moved to Wyoming, and I tell the doctor immediately, I feel like a zombie. We need to do something. And she's like, all right, let's do it. You know, and so immediately took me off the one medication actually told me to wean myself off of it. And so I did. I'd take one every other night. And on the nights that I didn't take it, I felt way better the next morning. And then after a week, I just stopped taking it. And I told her I'd stop taking it. And she's like, good. How do you feel? I'm like, I feel great. But the mood swings are still there. The mood swings are back. I would have crazy mood swings where I would smash things. I would, like, I smashed two of my guitars. Um, I used the one as a battering ram for the other. <laughs> and uh, I'd throw stuff and more than I do now. 
You know, I have to admit, I threw a can of pop in my wall the other day. <laughs> I told Brian about it immediately. Uh, <laughs> I was mad. It's, it's not funny that it happened, but he told me about it right away, and I said, well, how'd that, how'd that work out for you? Not <laughs> now good, I got to right? clean it up. <laughs> now you got to clean it up. <laughs> um, but thank God no holes in the wall. Um but you know there's there were there were violent mood swings and so she's like okay she's like let's try this and so she put me on this something else and i still don't feel like a zombie thank god thank god i don't feel like a zombie <laughs> um but the mood swings are down way down maybe one a month which we can manage. If girls can do it once a month, we can do it once a month too. <laughs> yeah, that mood swing thing, uh, you know, I mean, the personality changed. Like, I just think back to, you know, the the person, because I, I used to get in a lot of trouble in school. You know, I just, I was just, just not, I hated school. And I hated, you know, and I hated everything that was going on in my life. And, you know, I ended up being in 45 days suspension for, you know, just just not participating in class and just being disruptive. And and that turned into a um, a uh, three-day impatient mental thing that, so at Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would go to um, the the fifth floor and then on Tuesday and Thursday I'd go to school so I do my homework in in school but anyways that that's besides that's kind of you know when you leave I moved to a different state right and and that was my chance to bury all that stuff and just become a become a totally different person and act like it never happened yeah. and that's what I did you know and and Unfortunately, it kind of stuck with me. <laughs> you know, I, I went from just, just a shy, you know, there's so much stuff going on. You, and you could tell. I mean, I'm sure as a child, you, you could look at me and say, like, something's going on in that kid's life. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I didn't want to be around people and stuff. But was that a personality change? Um, it just, like, I can make friends anywhere. Yeah. You know, I, it was like that. I could just start making friends one night after another night, and pretty soon I got a whole group of friends, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure that's how normal people do it, but, <laughs> you know, I, I can just, now I'm just that wide open, I don't care, you know, God's taking that that fear of what people think of me and just throwing it in the trash, and uh, I can make friends, Ain't like, I, I got people all over this town, Daniel calls it my hose, <laughs> I got girlfriends all over the town. So I don't got girlfriends all over the town, but you know she thinks I do. She thinks I do. You know it's it's funny. I can remember the day and the moment that God took away the what the caring for what people think of me. Um, I was preaching, and somebody was heckling me, and it was horrible. <laughs> And I'm like, am I doing a bad job? Am I, you know, 
I can remember, like, they were like, well, if you read your Bible, that wouldn't happen. Oh. Like, while I'm preaching. And. That's one of them critical things. Oh, yeah. You, you think you can? Yeah, I hadn't told him here. It's all yours. <laughs> See, I was about to, and God said, what does it matter what they think? I gave Amen. you this word. I gave you this word. Preach it as I gave it to you. And that that took it all away. It took away what people think about me. I still think I stink when I preach sometimes. <laughs> I still think I suck it up. And, you know, I'll ask my wife, be honest with me, like, did I do good? Did I, did I suck? You know? But it's not, did I, to... It's not a thing to lift me up. It's a, man, I really feel like I suck tonight. Yeah. And usually those nights is when you did the best. You're just so drained spiritually because you just poured it out. Yep. That you feel like you sucked. And it is not easy to get in front of people and preach. It is no. not easy at all. No. You know what? I, I remember doing my testimonies. I've done, I think I've done it three times now, and I refuse to go back and watch it. <laughs> I flat refuse it because what do we do as, as people? I want to go back and see everything I did wrong and change it. And that's not what God wants. God gave you that message. God gave you your testimony that way, that night for somebody. Yeah. Right? So he doesn't want you to change it. I listen to all my messages. I do. Um, it was something one of my professors told me to do. Uh, he told me if you're not listening to him, you're not getting better at your delivery. Uh. It's not about the content. It's about the delivery. Not, sorry. It's always about the content. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about the content for the people listening. But if your delivery doesn't make sense then you need to work on your delivery. Because when I first started preaching, I used to emulate my fa- my favorite preachers. Because I'm like, oh, I just want to be like them. I just want to be like them. And you have to... Um, you have to find your own voice. And if you don't listen to yourself, you don't find your own voice. And Because then you're like, oh... I could have done that there better than I did the you know the yeah. last time. Yeah. I could have said this. I could have I could have transitioned to my next section cuz the way I preach I use Andy Stanley's uh me we got you we. And the me is and you're probably going to kick yourself when you hear this because you're going to realize every message I've ever preached <laughs> follows this this outline. Um, it's a story. It's introducing yourself to the crowd. It's it's introducing your point. It's, it's telling a story that matches what you're trying to get across to everybody. So that's the me. The we is how does this affect us? Like... When I spit out random things, like maybe you've been a drug addict, maybe you've been an alcoholic, maybe you've been struggled with depression, maybe anger, sex addiction, porn, you know, yeah, that's the we. You just you hit every general generality 
possible when you're studying the message? And then God, what does the Bible say about this? All right. And then the me, we, God, you, we, you, how can you apply this to your life? And then we, how could, if we all did this, how could it change the world? Makes sense. Does it fit every sermon I've ever preached? Yeah. They're close. <laughs> um, so. Was that, that's the same reason why, I mean, everybody knows I don't go back and listen to our podcast. Because I don't want to have to pick it apart and figure out where I screwed up and all that stuff. Because I don't care. You know? Um, I think we've gotten nothing but positive feedback from our listeners. And, and so we're doing something right. If there's something yeah. people don't like, they'll they'll let me know. and. And we'll change it. I listen while I'm editing it. Yeah, you have to listen to it. <laughs> I don't. But I don't listen to it once it's up. Oh, okay. Only when it's edit. Well, only while I'm editing it. Um. Yeah, man. So next week, we'll. You know, this is kind of an off week. We kind of just hung out a little bit and did our thing. You know. We. we we need to do that sometimes. We don't get a chance to just hang out and chat. You know, we're kind of always on a schedule. And and this this time we'll just chat a little bit. And, you know, for everybody who wants to listen to more of our story, that's going to – we'll pick that up next week. Um, we're going to move forward in a, in our in our childhood and our history and, and get our guests lined up for next week. Yeah. Do you have a funny story for this week? I don't. You don't? We just kind of chit-chatted a little bit is what I – what I shot for. Oh, that's fine. I try to hold my funny stories because I'm going to run out of them. <laughs> I mean, I won't run out of them, but I've done a lot of dumb stuff tweaking. You've done a lot of dumb stuff not tweaking. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still get in trouble. Daniel still hollered at me. You stop being a damn tweaker. <laughs> you know, uh, she because I still have tweaker tendencies bad. You know, I catch myself wanting to just... You know, and, and, oh, that's another thing I was going to talk about this week. I forgot, but the the, the lifestyle, the, the addiction to a lifestyle, you yeah. know. Uh, I, I did a lot of dumb stuff, but I did a lot of fun stuff, you know, and, and just a lot of crazy off-the-wall, wide-open stuff when I was tweaking. And, you know, I find myself missing some of that lifestyle, not not the high, not the drug, not the, you know, some of that stuff. But that lifestyle, just being free and just doing whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, really, I wasn't free. You know, I had responsibilities. I just decided not to deal with them. You know, I was kind of hiding from it. But, you know, I find myself, you know, not missing that lifestyle, but I think about it a lot. Like, man, I just, you know, I just did, just went wide open, just pedal to the floor. And uh, you can be addicted to that, just, just the lifestyle itself. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was on my mind this week. You say that, it's funny, because when you struggle with depression, or I guess it's more when you struggle with bipolar, you have your lows, and your lows, you feel like you're not doing anything, you're not taking care of your responsibilities, you're not, you know, doing life, you're not doing life, you're basically a shell of a pit. (laughs) And when you have your highs, I mean, you're running 24-7, like, you just smoke meth. <laughs> Some, like, I was explaining it to somebody once, 
what it feels like to be in a high, in a bipolar high. And they're like, yeah, it's pretty much you just smoke meth. <laughs> yeah, so you're tweaking. Because, like, I would work 24 hours a day. Yep. I wouldn't stop working. Like, I was so successful in my business because I would get stuff done crazy fast, and then they put me on meds, and the highs stopped. And But I would also spend money, like, it was, so I needed the money. Because I would spend it like it was, it grew it's on trees. Gratification. Yeah. So. Yeah, the lifestyle. Just. You know, sometimes it's just you just think about. You know, you're you're kind of a low deal where, where a tweaker's high would just just forgetting about all responsibility, not caring. You know, just doing whatever you wanted. Yeah, so that's that's part of being, you know, in recovery is is understanding and and recognizing that the lifestyle is also along with the drug. I just want the lifestyle of the rich and famous. <laughs> we gonna be famous. <laughs> Debbie asks all the time. Asks our wives all the time. How does it feel to have famous husbands? <laughs> Every time I walk into the church, man, Friday night, she says, here's the star. So I go in there. I'm a star boy. Uh, it's so great having our listeners and having our fans and and having the people that, you know, listen to this show. Sometimes you don't listen to every episode, but, you know, you listen to enough to to know who we are. And I just, I want to thank you right now. Um because we wouldn't be doing this without you. That's for sure. You know, we, we'd just be doing it in a parking lot somewhere. That's, <laughs> that's all it is. You know, that's kind of where this idea came from. Is, you know how long we sit, stand in the parking lot after church and, and tell these stories over and over and new ones. And, and so, you know, thank you everybody for listening and, and, and being part of our journey. Yep. And if you haven't found us yet on social media, we are on Facebook and Twitter, The Overcomer Pod. And we are of our website, TheOvercomerPod.com. Have a great week.